It's Wednesday, April 27th, 2022, and it's our eighth anniversary show. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, uh, maybe after eight years, this is our 388 show, kind of hard to believe, and uh, we still need a producer, apparently, because we don't hit the right buttons. <laughs> I hit go that? live. I don't know. We didn't go live, but we're live now, everybody. The Sixers have let a 3 nothing series lead slip to 3-2. to two, And back in Toronto, the Phillies haven't heated up. Uh, they're sitting at 8-10, by the way. Oduble in the leadoff spot tonight with a home run in the first inning. Flyer season mercifully comes to an end Friday night. And a much-awaited NFL draft starts tomorrow. What will Howie Roseman and the birds do? Hey, don't forget about the biggest story of the week, Bill. Roman Quinn is back with the Phillies. Oh, and two, and who two days be, in, who, he's not hurt yet. Who could be less happy about that than me? Anybody? Oh, I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. Uh, you did mention the other big story of the week, Bill, that we are eight years old now, our little show. And I don't know what this is, but Big Al at Edge of Philly said he put a video in the bottom of our queue over here and to – play it at some point so let's do that right now i'm assuming it's anniversary related so here it is let's see happy anniversary chet and bill from all of us at edge of philly sports we are so proud of you guys you're so happy to have you part of the family you guys do an amazing job great guests great work great conversations you guys are one hell of a team and you're eight years that's better than most celebrity couples so keep it going can't wait to talk NFL draft with you over the next few days. Guys, great work. Happy anniversary. Oh, that's awesome. Go. That's awesome. And speaking of that, we do we did last longer than a lot of couples, didn't we? Go, Lasted go longer than my first marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we have great guests tonight to cover the Philly sports scene and a whole lot more. Mark Echo makes his annual draft visit. Our good friend Leslie Goodell, she'll join us in the second half of the show as well. We're loaded up. Yeah, looking forward to both of our guests. We'll talk Phillies with Leslie and hear about next month's Kendall's Crusade One-Armed Golf Challenge. But first, we got NFL draft talk, Bill. Let's do it. We have plenty of it, so let's get to it. Let's welcome Mark Echo back to Philly Press Box Radio. Mark, glad we got you off the beach uh, in Myrtle Beach. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Happy anniversary, guys. Eight eight years. Wow. Yeah, how about that? I think I was on one of your first... You were on show number three, Mark. Yeah, number three. How about I that? I didn't know if I was. I didn't think I was the first, but I know. Yeah. Okay. And here we are. All these. You years were the later. first star, I think, though. We, oh. He was the first. I was going to mention that later. Yeah. And uh, we all look exactly the same as we did eight years ago. So that, that's the beauty of this. Um, Mark, we got to talk football. It's a busy time for the football world, even for semi-retired guys like yourself. I know they're keeping you busy with some projects this week. We keep hearing this is a pretty deep draft in terms of a few different positions. Is it particularly the case for both edge rushers and wide receivers? Wide receiver isn't as deep as people make it out to be. It's not. Hmm. There's been deeper wide receiver drafts. Um, there's a lot. See, I, I think, I think there's five legit wide receivers. When I say legit, guys that I would not be 
afraid that, and yeah, yeah, there they are. Alave, Wilson, Williams, Lunt, there you, oh no, see, I don't, uh, you know, I don't like Penn State yet. Yeah, I know that. So, so get that little kid from Penn State out of there. He don't belong with them. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're missing the kid from Arkansas, Burks. I this do is love, the sporting I news. This is love, not my ranking. This okay, is sporting okay, news, okay, so don't blame right, me. Get Dodson out and put in Burks, and they're the five. Okay. Now, Dodson, now, Dodson, now, now I'm going to, all right, the, the next group, the Dodson, uh, the kid Pickens from Georgia. Yeah. Guy Moore from, I think it's Central Michigan, one of those Michigan schools. Um, a kid I really like, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. They're all, like I think, second-round kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Some, now, some might sneak into the bottom of the first because some teams go for need over best player and stuff like that. But it's an okay wide – there have been better wide receiver drafts than, than this year. As far as edge rushers, yeah, there's, there's some really good ones, but they're going to fly. I had a guy tell me earlier today, those first four guys, they could be, they could literally be the first four picks of the draft. Do we have and it right there? Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Walker, Johnson. That's how what I would do, but I think Walker's going to go too. I don't okay. know why, but I think he is. I think I think Johnson. I actually in my ratings, it was Hutchinson, uh, Thibodeau, Johnson, Walker. Okay. But Walker, Hutch- for some reason, I don't know what happened. Walker. When the season ended, when the when they stopped playing college football, when when he walked off with the national title at, at the University of Georgia, he was considered a like the tenth pick, twelfth pick round there, maybe you know, maybe even a little you know in that in that range. I guess the combine, whatever he did at his pro days combine, he all of a sudden now people he may go one. I don't mm-hmm. think I think I still think Hutchinson's going to go one, but people talk about him going one or two. Yep. What did he do? I don't, okay. I don't get it. That that's exactly what I was going to say to you, Mark. But my first question is: uh, following a whole bunch of these drafts, mock drafts, that a lot of them have Walker as the number one pick, which really surprised me. And Hutchinson, number two, Hutchinson going to Detroit. He's a Michigan guy. I don't know if that's good or bad, but goodness gracious! And then it looks like uh, Iguana, however you spell his uh, pronounce his name. And, and Gardner, and then Tribido from some that I've seen. It's really see, surprised me. That's what people say. I mean, I, first of all, I don't look at mock drafts because um, nobody knows. Everybody's guessing. I mean, it's all guesswork. It's fun to look at, I guess. Um, I don't think – see, Houston at the third pick, the one, the only – Houston needs everything, right? They're, they're, they're a bad team. But the one thing they that they're not that bad at, their offensive line isn't that bad compared to the rest of their team. So I don't know if they would take – there's some good tackles in this draft. That's to me, that's the deepest position in the draft is offensive line. There's a lot of I had a, I had one scout tell me this is the first year he can remember where if you need offensive linemen, you don't have you could get a good one in the second round. A very good mm-hmm. one. So mm-hmm. keep that keep that for, for what it's worth. I think Thibodeau, I think you know, Houston hired Lovey Smith as their head coach. He's a defensive guy. He's going to want a defensive player. Now, he could – I love Sauce Gardner. I really do, and we'll talk about him because I think the Eagles love him just as much as I do, maybe more. Um, but I, I just think that – I don't know. I, I gave the Thibodeau to Houston at number three, thinking that Lovey's going to want a big-time pass rusher coming in. Um, everybody wants pass rushers, right? I mean, that, that's how you win now. Hey, by the way, your former colleague, Elliot Shore Parks, says uh, his ideal first-round picks for the Eagles – if possible, they may have to move up a little bit to get the one, uh, would be wide receiver Jamison Williams and defensive tackle Jordan Davis. Your thoughts? He's half right. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I like Williams a lot, and I think the Eagles could get him. Okay. Davis, 
I know he's a freak and all that, but he's, I don't know about him. I really don't. He's, he's a great run stuff. If, if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you want, take him. But I don't know if I want to spend a high pick on a guy that's not going to be out there on third down. I mean, I just got done saying that, you know, the, the most important thing to me is rushing on defense is getting to the quarterback. Cause let's, let's face it. This is a passing league now. It's not a running league anymore. That's why running backs don't go in the first round. So I don't know. I mean, I think Davis is a, I don't know. I, I don't, why doesn't it, am I the only person that thinks the Eagles, the Eagles really need a cornerback? Oh, no, no they do. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They do. I, mean, I know everyone's, everyone's penciling in a defensive lineman there because that's what they like to do. But, and I, a, a month ago, or maybe more than that now, when the season ended, you know, I thought, yeah, they'll probably go defensive line because I didn't, I thought they might let Fletcher Cox go, but they let him go for a day and brought him back for 14 million. I thought they wouldn't sign Derek Barnett, but they did. I thought, I thought maybe Brandon Graham might retire after the injury. Maybe he doesn't want to come back. But no, he's back. They, they I mean, they're not. I, I know their defensive line didn't play great last year. Obviously, they didn't get a, they didn't get a lot of sacks like they were, people had. I hope they would. But they still have a lot of bodies, don't they? On the defensive line. I mean, I'm not there anymore. Yes, I'm not. I watched from afar. Yeah. At corner, they have Slay, Maddox as your as your slot guy, and a bunch of like six round draft picks. Yeah, they could use help for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's why I, I'm going to tell you right now. I think I'm if Sauce Gardner gets past the first five, the Eagles will trade with the Carolina Panthers and, and select Sauce Gardner at number six. Ah, you, you think that's a you think that's really a possibility? I'm showing him at number four with the Jets. Where I think so too. I think so too. But if if the Jets, that's where I have. I have Sauce going four because I, I love. I think he's a great player. Uh, but if the Jets decide they want to go some a different route and he and he slips, the Giants could take him at five too, for that matter. But if he, if if he gets to six, I think the Eagles and Panthers have a deal already set up, and it would probably be. Now keep in mind, Carolina, Carolina is going to move out of six. If they if they don't move out with the Eagles, they're going to move out with either New Orleans or Washington or somebody, because they don't want to. They they pick six, then they don't pick again till Saturday. Wow. They have no second or third round pick. And then I think they have like a four, maybe a whatever. So they want more picks. They also want a quarterback. They don't have to take a quarterback at six. They could move down to 15 and still mm -hmm. get a quarterback they want and get a second round. I think it would cost the Eagles a one or two and maybe a four. Well, I wanted to ask you about the quarterbacks uh, since sure. you mentioned it. Okay. There look like the three of them are all over the board. Pickett, uh, Malik. Uh, Willis and who's the other one? Uh, uh, Matt Coral and the from what I or Desmond Ryder actually is the one that I keep seeing, but it looks like uh, Pittsburgh is almost certainly taking a quarterback. But I've seen Pickett all the way up at six with uh, Carolina and all the way back at thirty-two uh, with Alliance. What, what what's up with the quarterback? Is there no clear-cut guy? Yeah, because they're because in any other year, these guys would all be third round second and third round picks there, there really isn't a first round pick at quarterback but because they're quarterbacks teams get desperate and they will take this you know this is like that draft um god i'm going way back it was cam newton cam newton went one and he deserved it but then you had the guys like christian ponder and and lockett and blaine gabber and brandon whedon you know all going in and they they did not deserve to go in the first round and they did and, and you saw how the what the what the results were or go back to 2013 when 
and EJ Manuel went in the first round and, you know, saw what, what came of that. This is not a good quarterback draft. It, none of these guys are, I don't think are franchise type quarterbacks that are going to, if you take one, if you need a quarterback and you take one of these guys, you still need a quarterback. <laughs> these, these, these guys aren't the answer. I, I don't think. And, and, and people I've talked to, that's who put it in my head. Um, but I do think Pickett and Willis will go first round. And I think Carolina and Atlanta, I think Carolina, like, like I said, will move out of six, move down a little bit and probably take Willis. And it, it will also save jobs. I mean, if, 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 if Matt rules jobs on the line, which it is, believe me, they people down here in Carolina, the Carolinas don't like him very much anymore. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so he's on the hot seat. Now, the, what the best way to save your job is to take a young project, a quarterback, and that buys you a couple years, right? Because oh, we well, we took the young guy. We, we're still developing it. So that I think that's the case there. Um, Atlanta, I think, likes Pickett. Uh, they're at eight, but again, I think they could move out. So the Eagles want to move up. They there will be some teams. I just got to tell somebody that I don't think one to five. I don't think anything happens. I think they start one, two, three, four, five. Those those five teams will will keep their picks and and take the guy that that, that they like. I think every pick from six to 10 could be traded. So if the Eagles stay at number 15 and 18, what do you think they do? 15, I think they take the best receiver on the board, which will, which I think will be, it could be Williams from Alabama. I think I, I, I like him a lot. Um, I know they see, I like Alave, but he's not the best. Um, yeah. And they don't, and they wouldn't take Alave because he's too much like uh, Smith. I think that same size, mm-hmm. they need a, somebody, little, you know, um, Williams is really good. I mean, you know, how he found out last year that after, after ignoring Alabama for forever, found out, Hey, this Alabama school, they got some pretty good players come out of there. So mm-hmm. he might go back to that, that same, that same route again. And what about and, the other pick? And 18. See, I think they could trade back there. I think they could, especially if they do move. See, here's what I think the Eagles plan is. Now plans don't always come to fruition because it takes two teams. Right. I yep. think, and and they're per in Howie's perfect world, he moves up from fifteen to six or whatever, and gets Gardner. Then he moves back. Oh no, no, I I, I take that back. If if they get Gardner, then I think they take a wide whatever the, again the best wide receiver at eighteen, and that might be Olave at that point if if, if Wilson and Williams are both gone. Okay. Um, now if he's I think if if he stays at fifteen and gets his wide receiver. He could move back at 18 because I think a guy that they like is the, is the cornerback from Florida. If they can't get Gardner, who's by far the best cornerback, the kid from Florida, Elam, who he kind of fits. He's a big, tall. He's a he's he's, he's a good player. He's very good. I, I have him third. I have him. I have um, Stingley. I have Gardner first, Stingley second, and I think both of them will be gone. But I like I like Elam better than Mc, McDuffie, who a lot of people he's McDuffie's not bad either. But okay. Um, and Howie's a Florida guy, right? Florida grad. Mm-hmm. He likes those. Yeah. He likes his Gators. So yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned McDuffie. He was my question for you, uh, Trent McDuffie. I see him in uh, in above the Eagles in a lot of cases in that top 14, 13, 12. Uh, you see him being that kind of guy. I have him a, a little bit lower. Like I said, most yeah, you're you're right. Most people have McDuffie ahead of Elon. They have McDuffie in that in that Eagle range, and Elon going in in the twenties. I think Elon fits the Eagles better. I, I think he's, I think they, they have Maddox, right? You know, who they like a yeah. little bit in, in the slot. Um, Elon's just a bigger, 
stronger kind of guy. They they like those big corners. Well, they need a big corner too. I mean, these receivers are getting bigger and bigger now too. You know, so you need you you need a big guy. Um, I don't know. It's 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 hard. It's hard to say what they're going to. I mean, you know how he wants to wheel and deal. He loves this guy. Oh yeah. Stuff, right? mm-hmm. I mean, he he already has right. He, he traded. They they came in with three picks and, you know, and now they have two next year. So he's he's got to do some things. Well, Mark, I have one more draft question for you. Um, Any mid-round sleeper picks or two that you like, not necessarily for the Eagles, but just some some name that you think is going to be there maybe in the third or fourth round was going to be a NFL player, a pretty good one. Okay, I'll give you a couple. Um, I I mentioned the wide receivers. I like – I don't know – Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, I really like, but I think he's he is creeping up now where he may go second round. Originally, people thought third, third, fourth, but I like him a lot. He's tall. He can really run. He's he's kind of raw. Like, he's not going to be – his first year, you're going to just have him go deep. But that's not a bad thing to do, right? You know, he's a home run hitter. I think eventually he'll learn the route tree more. He'll be able to do more things for you. I think he's a real good player. Um, another wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Um not the, not as fast as Pierce, but you know, average speed, but big, strong, tough guy, um, kind of guy that'll, that'll go over go over the middle, make the tough catches in in, in traffic for you. Um, played at a smaller school, South Alabama, so that that kind of holds him back a bit. But then he he stayed home for the Senior Bowl because the Senior Bowl is in Mobile, and really put on a great great show there at the Senior Bowl week. Um, so people like him, you know, he's kind of guy that can help a team. And then I'll give you a guy from Houston. Uh, a cornerback, Marcus Jones. Now I say cornerback, that's what he plays, but he's also the best return guy in the country. Kick, kick returns and punt returns. He, um, I think he set a college record last year where he scored it. He scored touchdowns four different ways. He had a kick return for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown, an interception return for a touchdown, and they actually used him on offense. And he caught it. And, and he caught a touchdown pass. Wow. Well, he's a, the guy. He, he's a playmaker. He's a little undersized. I think he's like five, nine, maybe. But um, think of, remember the guy the Eagles took years ago, Chet Allen Rossum? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of name. Think oh, yeah. of him, but bigger, but a little stronger, same height, but stronger and better. All right. Hey, Mark, before we run out of time, Chet's changing things up on you tonight. Uh, he wants to, instead of going fast five, he wants to go three and out with Mark Eckel. You good? Yeah, yeah we could do that. All right, Mark, quickly. I know we asked you this the first or second time you visited, but since it is draft night eve, I'm going to ask you again. Who were the very worst first-round draft picks made by the Eagles during your 30-plus years covering the team? Oh, the worst of all time, Kevin Allen. Yep. 1985. Yeah, Kevin Allen's the worst. Honorable mention, Danny Watkins, Leonard Renfro, and Marcus Smith. Okay. But but, but nobody tops Kevin Allen because none of those guys went to jail. (laughs) Uh, Number two, a recent ESPN story about NFL GMs essentially ranked Howie Roseman as the league's sixth best general manager over the past decade. Approximately where would you rank him? Oh, geez. Um, Probably not six, but higher than a lot of Eagle fans. I mean, Howie's made his mistakes. That's what I mean. And they're well documented. Sure. But the guy, but he's he is aggressive. I I like. I hate to say. I'm I'm going to say something nice. Get this. Keep this on tape. All right. Keep this <laughs> somewhere in the vault. I'm going to say something nice about Howie. He he does. He's not afraid. A lot of general managers go by the book, and they and and I liked his quote from his press conference a couple weeks ago when he said, "If you do what everybody else does, you wind up a middle of the pack team. Like you, 
you have to be ahead of the curve with certain things. And, and he generally is. Now, sometimes it's a curve and he swings and misses, but that happens. I'd, I'd rather have a guy swing and miss than, than take a call third strike, right? I mean, how he's not going to take the, how he's not going to take a third strike. He's going to swing. So and top, number three. I'm going to put him 10th to answer your, your question. 10th is good. I like 10 that. 10th to 12th around there, maybe. Mark, it's a different sport, but will the 76ers be the first NBA team in history to blow a 3 nothing playoff series lead and get eliminated? No. No, they'll, they'll, they'll win one of these lists. They might they might take it to seven. I don't. I just don't think Toronto's that I, – I, you know what? I'm, I, I don't follow the NBA like I used to, but yeah. Toronto's not that good, are they? They should not be this far in the series, I'll tell you that. Hey, Mark, I know you are, are getting put to work over these next few days. You getting to work on a lot of draft stuff. What do you have going on? Yeah, actually, um, well, you can see my mock draft from one to thirty-two. It'll 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 go up tomorrow online at Packer PackerReport dot com. And then my old boss brought me back to NJ.com tomorrow night. I'll be I'll I'll be doing live as the picks made. I'll be making like live comments on you know great pick, nice. bad pick, whatever you know. And is that on NJ.com? NJ.com, yes. It'll be live nice. on NJ dot com. So nice. I'll be up late tomorrow night. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, as always, we appreciate you coming by, and uh, it's it's become an annual pre-draft time. Yeah. So let's do it for uh, another eight years. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you keep. I guess you guys are still going strong. I mean, Chet's getting up there in age now, Bill. But that's okay. I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> but Mark, the beer keeps me young. Well, if the beer keeps you young, you're like. 12 years old now. Exactly. <laughs> thanks, Mark. Right, yes, Mark, thanks care. for joining us. Appreciate right, it. Yeah. Anytime. All right. Hey, Chet, is your couch getting more mileage than your car? If it's so, it's time to start saving with all states. Pay as you go auto insurance. Yeah, you got that right, Bill. And as I look for the Allstate graphic to put up, I found it. There it is. I will tell you, yes, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-430. 0700. Once again, that number is 610 430 0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hi, this is Ray Dinger, and it is always fun to talk sports with these two guys, Bill and Chet, on Philly Press Box Radio. Yes, it is, Ray Diddy. All right, Chet. Hey, uh, I'm going to tell you, um, the Sixers were flying high last Wednesday, they were up. in the series, looks like it was going to be a blowout. It's now 3-2, as you said, heading to Toronto. Um, are you a quitter, too? Uh, you have doubts in your head? I'm, I'm going to tell you. I, I'll just go ahead and throw this out here first before you answer. The Philly fans are pathetic. <laughs> Let's just throw that out there. Go. <laughs> okay, I disagree with you on that. Uh, I'll tell you, yesterday I was very concerned, very worried. I thought, yeah, they're going to be the first team to blow it, a 3 nothing lead. But I'm feeling a little better about it today. I had the night to sleep on it. And I think Doc Rivers, with an extra day to prepare, he will have the guys ready. Plus, I think uh, from what I'm hearing, you have a torn ligament in your thumb. It's never going to heal without surgery, but it, it doesn't hurt as much as time goes on. So hopefully that will help Joel Embiid in game six Thursday night. I think the Sixers are going to win Thursday night, but yeah, I'm still concerned. James Harden looked awful uh, the other day. 
Uh, so there are concerns, but I do think they're going to win it. They are going to win Thursday night. Uh, I, I will tell you that. But I'm going to tell you that it, it just amazes me as you look through social media and everywhere else, and no one is talking about, hey, they're going to win Thursday. They're talking about, we're going to historically blow this lead. Uh, have you ever, you even questioned your question to Mark was on the yeah. negative side. The Philly fans have basically, in my opinion, looking at this, they jumped off the bandwagon and they're acting like a bunch of quitters. The team is still ahead three games to two with two games to go. Even if they lose Thursday, they come home for game seven. Well, there's it's nothing. funny. Most of us who made predictions predicted the Sixers would win in six, but you don't see them going up three, nothing, and then losing two and losing that fifth game badly. So that's where the concern comes in. Plus what we saw from James Harden the other day was not good at all. He looked like he was 42, not 32. Matisse Thibel, who won't play in Toronto, of course, was dreadful the other day. So there were some legitimate well, and, and Maxi Maxi was no better. So yeah, he's gotten like, worse every game. Not he was great the first two games, but right. games three and four or four and five, not so good. They're they're not going to continue to play like this. And I I just again uh, I think they'll win Thursday, uh, but I'm just I'm, I'm just really disappointed that the that the bandwagon fans jump off so quick. And uh, you know we know Doc Rivers has issues. Right. But oh, yeah. now all of a sudden, <laughs> now all of a sudden they're all coming out that the guy's going to blow four games or the team is going to blow four games in a row um, under his direction. It's, it's like we've we're doomed. We're still leading the series three, two. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more Sixers later. But, Bill, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on with uh, the edge of Philly and the draft over the next few days. And yeah, give us. Yeah, give us let's info. Well, let's go ahead. Let's first of all, let's jump right up to the draft so we can get on that because uh, there's a lot of live coverage coming up, Chet, and you're going to be part of it. Go ahead and hit it. All right. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night, the guys will be out and about. Round one of the draft will be taking place. Uh, a lot of bars will have TVs on showing the draft as well as the Sixers game six. And Thursday night, it is at the Delco Cup. In Springfield, I believe Joey's going to be handling that one. The following night is Friday for rounds two and three. Hey, I'm going to be there. Marty McGee's in Prospect Park. Never been there, but I heard it's a fun little place. So I'm going to be there with Big Al and others. That's going to be great. And then Saturday all afternoon, the guys will be at the Red Lantern Tavern. I love that place. Been there a few times now. So, yeah, lots going on there. And, Bill, there's other stuff in connection to the draft all week long. And there's the lineup of shows if you want to talk about any of those. Yeah, well, I wanted to tell everybody that uh, last night, Matt uh, Bachar, Bichar- I got it right. Matty B. B. Matty <laughs> B. Uh, how- Howard Eskin on last night on his show. That's always a good one to catch up on. Uh, Thursday night, as you said, Saturday, or us tonight with Mark. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, loaded up. And Sunday, we're going to do a recap, which I will be part of on Sunday evening as well. Not not live, uh, local, but via StreamYard. So good stuff. You can check it all out, edgeofphillysports.com. Check out all the shows, and also you can sign up for the weekly Hey, by the way, newsletter. Uh, That's it. That's I, the, the word I was looking for. I found out the other day that at all of these remotes over the next few days, they're going to be giving away a jersey. 
Uh, I don't know how the Edge of Philly guys uh, pulled this off, but they have jerseys. I, I assume those are the ones they're giving away. Devontae Smith, Randall, and Reggie White, a couple of classics right there. So each night, uh, and you don't even have to buy anything to win these. It's just uh, a raffle. You basically get a ticket when you show up, and somebody's going to win these. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I guess I'm not eligible, but uh, I'll be at Marty McGee's Friday. That's going to be the best night. So be sure to come out and hang with me Friday night. All right, check it out. Good stuff. And uh, as I said, edgeofphillysports.com. Sign up for the newsletter. All the draft coverages. We've been posting articles on Philly Press Box radio page for th- weeks now. Uh, thumbnails of all the different guys that we expect to be drafted. So check them out as well. All right. We are awaiting our uh, second guest. So in the meantime, any other thoughts about the Sixers, Bill? Like I said, I'm concerned, but I do think they're going to win. James Harden is starting to scare me because he's kind of regressed during this series. And at some point in the near future, when this season does end, we're going to have to talk about Harden's future because right now I'm leaning to not giving him any sort of a long-term contract. Well, let's let the season play out. <laughs> let, let's let the playoffs play out and see where this all goes and um, see if he really is battling the hamstring. The only the only thing I will say, Chad, is if, if Embiid can't go at, at any time during the playoffs, then that oh, yeah, know, they're, that's they're pretty screwed. much the end of, the end yeah. of that. So. And if he didn't have the hand injury, the thumb injury, I think they would have won it by now. So uh, that's definitely a factor. You can see that it is troubling him. He's a little tentative at times. So uh, I'm hoping that he can push through and they can yeah. end well, it tomorrow night. You're certainly not in a position to uh, uh, to sit at this point. So you gotta you gotta move on. Hey, I, I do want to throw out just for fun since we have an extra minute. What about that other guy that went to Brooklyn uh, that couldn't find his way to Game Four either? Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn has some problems with that kid. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk. I, I assume you're talking about number 25. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all you <laughs> <Yeah>. get from me. <laughs> well, you know what? Since we have a minute now, let, let's play it right now. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Stephen A. Smith, oh, yeah. but he kind of went off the other day. Yes, he did. Yes, he on did. Number 25. And here's a little bit of what. Stephen A. had to say about Ben. Nobody is worse than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons might also be the weakest, most pathetic excuse for a professional athlete we have ever seen in not just American history, but the history of sports. I can't think, I can't think of a professional athlete that has come across more pathetic than this man. Let me say this on national television to Mr. Rich Paul for Clutch Sports. You have to get rid of Ben Simmons. It's bad for business. You can't represent this dude. He don't want to play, but he won his money. (laughs) He don't want to play, but he won his money. (laughs) He ain't lying. No, he's not. He's not lying. He is bad for business. He's bad for the Brooklyn Nets. He's bad for the NBA. And what's really going to be bad, Chet, is if he continues on with this uh, lawsuit to try to get his 20-whatever number million of dollars from the from the Sixers and actually gets any of it, that will be the heist of all heists. Yeah, it will. I don't think it's going to work out for him. And, uh, and now there are, like, surveys and polls on 
Twitter and elsewhere, is Ben going to even play with the Nets next year? Or are they going to trade him? Or is he just going to, you know, fade off into Never Neverland or something? Yeah, I, I think you have to put him on the uh, whatever list they have, the cannot play list. You can't, you can't trade him. You can't get anything for him. Uh, so I would say you just have to put him on the, on some list and say, if you ever get your life back together and we want you back, you're going to play here because we made an investment and, uh, we've got none of it and, and they shouldn't yeah. have to pay. They shouldn't have to pay him either, uh, for what he's done to them as the Sixers shouldn't have to pay for what he did to them. Yeah. This is one of those trades where the Sixers maybe aren't getting as much out of it as they thought they would from James Harden, but just the fact that they have Simmons out of town, I think makes it a win for the Sixers. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Let's talk baseball. And All right. Well, Bill. let's welcome our second guest. Cause I see your pop up on my screen down here. Former Comcast sports net Phillies reporter, among many other hats that she wears these days, <laughs> Leslie Goodell. Welcome back, Leslie. We want to hear about the second annual Kendall's crusade one arm golf challenge. Hi, Bill. Hi, Chet. Thanks for having me back again. I appreciate it, as always. Hey, Leslie, we're going to talk about your big event in a couple of minutes. But uh, as a longtime Phillies reporter, I got to ask you, what's your take on this 2022 Phillies team? They had a rough first couple of weeks, but the bats finally came alive the last couple of nights. They're 8-10. and 10. The pitching's gotten better. Uh, how do you think they're going to do this year? Well, I mean, I think you're seeing when you see guys like Nola and Wheeler start to start to come around. I mean, you can make excuses, I guess, for, you know, the shortened spring training and being a little bit later than they, you know, they're in routines at this point in their careers, right? I mean, they, they, they ramp up the same way every year. So making those adjustments. So I'm glad to see what we, what we're seeing um, there. I think that, you know, we all thought that this team was going to come out and, and, and hit and hit and hit again. And, and that has to happen soon. It just, um, it, because that's where the excitement is going to come around this team. People want to see this team hit because that's what, that's what they've been assembled as. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Leslie, you covered the Phillies for a long time. I have to ask you, have you, have you ever seen a hit like Kyle Schwarber the other night with angel angels uh, going off on angel? No. And, you know, I think this is going to really bring a spotlight to, you know, not just Angel, but the way the technology is evolving and, and things are being broken down. It's going to be very interesting to see. I am. I don't know how someone like Angel has quite honestly been around as long as he has been with the number of mistakes that have been documented throughout his career. Um they, you know, they, they have some pretty high standards to live up to, but yes, Schwarber, I love Kyle Schwarber. I think Kyle <laughs> Schwarber is a great, Kyle Schwarber is a Philly kind of guy, right? And he loves Charlie Manuel and he's just, I mean, he just fits here. Um, in fact, his agent, Kent Merker is a good friend of mine. And he, as soon as they got that deal done, he said he is absolute, Philly's absolutely going to love him. And I see why he said that. Well, since you mentioned uh, Angel, Hernandez from the other night. Uh, I think he missed uh, something like 19. 24%. Yeah, 24% of the... to that, Bill? Is that what you were doing? I missed up what you said. I'm sorry. Reach no, 19 out. pitches. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and 24% of the called strikes that he made were actually balls from what I saw. He's consistently rated one of the worst ball and strike umpires. I don't know how he keeps his job. They do have a good union. I guess that's why. But uh, what are your thoughts about a robo 
Um, are we going to come to that at some point? I mean, it's entirely possible, right? I mean, I, I think that we have gotten to the point where technology frames the strike zone so much in everything yeah. that we've seen for years, right? You're, you're looking at game day. They're telling you what pitches are being thrown, where that pitch is on the plate. And if you're if technology can keep up to the speed of the game, which is funny because that's kind of an oxymoron with baseball. <laughs> but if it can keep up, then I, I I could see that happening. It would be it would be sad because you know I'm a bit of an old school person and I don't like to see I'm I'm slow to adapt to change. But I mean, if that's a technological change that we're going to see, I'd rather see that than. You know, some of the other things that we're seeing in baseball um, where it's just so uh, finite about each each batter and 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 really taking away the the small ball aspect of the game. Absolutely. Well, I was really surprised that Char- uh, Joe Girardi said the other day that he actually favored the electronic strike zone. And he actually thought that the umpires should be behind the mound. That really shocked me. Interesting. Yeah, that but that's, you know, yeah, there, I guess. uh you know, he's another set of eyes at second base, too, and, you know, or, or on the bases. It's kind of an interesting thought. I think that here's here's my thought on any of these guys that have been around and played as long as somebody, Joe, as long as someone like Joe Girardi. Um, if you don't adapt, you won't have a job, right? So just like when I hear people who are journalists say, God, back in the day, and yes, back in the day, it was fun. Back in the day, we had Daily News Live and, you know, Sports Night, and that was fun. That was before Twitter. And then Twitter happened. And mm-hmm. you don't have to embrace it, but if you don't embrace technology and where it's going in sports, then you're not going to advance in whatever job it is you're in. And baseball, I think, is no exception. Hey, Leslie, I predicted 88 wins for the Phils. And just to be different, Bill went one higher and said 89. Are we crazy? Can this team actually win 88-plus games and get back to the postseason like they did pretty pretty regularly during the Leslie Goodell era? I think it's – I mean, I think it comes <laughs> down to pitching. I, I think they're going to hit. I don't think that's going to be a concern. They're going to find their groove. Um, you know, that I, – I don't think judging what any team does based on their April performance, it, I mean, especially when you're close to the 500 mark – that you can even get close to predicting that that is going to replicate itself throughout the season. What I look back uh, on the Phillies coming, you know, from seven and a half games back in September. Mm-hmm. And I think nothing is, is bigger proof than the fact that you can overcome a deficit. If you have the momentum, the team is healthy. And I believe in, I'm a big believer in chemistry and how the team how the team's mm-hmm. gelling at that point. You and me both for sure. I talk about that all the time no matter what sport yes, we're talking about. Yes, you do. About. I don't think <laughs> those numbers are unrealistic. I really don't. Okay. I mean it's, it's a tough division, right? But um yeah. I, I don't think those numbers are unrealistic. Yeah. Well, Leslie, what do you think about the DH in the National League? You know, I, I kind of found it interesting the other day where uh, they sent the younger down to the to the minor leagues because he's the long reliever. He's not getting long leaf work. Not going to get that much long relief work now with the with the dh how do you like it in the national league i'm not a fan yeah i mean i didn't change with the times i guess like you said earlier yeah i mean it takes time right when you're used to something and you have sentimental attachment to you know the way the game was played there are some things happening in the game i've never been i've always been a fan of the fact that the two leagues had different rules like i i enjoyed that part of it um 
And I think it just differentiated the two leagues and you saw players cross over from one league to another and struggle in another league because they weren't used to it. Um, you know, it doesn't, it, I'm not crushed by it. Uh, it doesn't bother me all that much, but mostly because I just like to see more offense and I'm not, you know, it, not just the long ball. It's, you know, I want to see, I, I'd like, I miss small ball and good defensive plays and strategic, you know, strategic thinking within the game. Hey, uh, one final baseball question before we talk about the big event. Do you ever miss those days, your daily coverage of the Phillies and getting to talk to guys like Ryan Howard? You know, it's so funny you say that. I consider myself really, really fortunate in that I got here in 1997 and immediately started going out to the games and and being around baseball and 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 becoming part of the Phillies and um, and, you know, I, I saw Chase Utley uh, last April when I was out in California. We were we were talking about, oh, if you caught up with this person, you caught up with that person. And I thought, you know, I we lived parallel lives. We did something totally different, but we were at the same place all the time. Right. I wasn't on the road with them, but like we all lived through a lot of the same stuff together and just in different roles. And I went out with Ryan Howard. That was Ryan Howard's final interview. And I remember walking out on the field with him and I knew it was my last day. Nobody else knew. And I said, well, one of us is going to make 10 million in free agency and one of us isn't. Let's make this fun. <laughs> and we, you know, we did the interview on the field and I walked away and I was okay with it. Like it was time. Um, sometimes the best decisions in life are the ones that are made for you. I don't miss, you know, the late August, early September rain delayed game at, you know, being there at two in the morning like that, that, is not something I, I miss. I miss the people that I worked around, not the athletes as much. And then something that I've really done a lot of, and I actually um, have explored the idea of a book on this is, you know, the, 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 the period of time that happens after you leave sports, you know, there's an identity that these mm. guys have from the age of four or five years old, right? We got, we, we started honing our craft in college or after college and sometimes even later. They identified with that from the time they were very, very young, and then they leave sports, and you know, they, there's there's documented stories of, of of things that happen to some of these guys, and the the leagues are doing a much better job at helping them make that transition. For someone like me, I had done other businesses, I had done other things, but what you miss is being inside the ropes. You mm -hmm. miss the ability to say, yeah, I can go out on the field and I can hang. I always had an appreciation for the fact that my office was in the press box my i got to go to work each day by standing on a baseball field so that's the part that was always really cool about it but i but i was ready when i was done mm -hmm. very good well hey um kendall's crusade one arm golf challenge is coming up uh a huge success last year so we're back to our second annual uh tell us about it give us the details who's coming it's uh, it's Tuesday, May 31st at White Marsh Valley Country Club. And I'll tell you what, what we did last year was I knew going into it, a gimmicky thing, right? Nine holes scramble. Everybody's got to play one handed. But what it turned out to be was something truly awesome. And that was an awareness piece for people with disabilities. The number of people who walked off nine holes of golf exhausted because playing one-handed was so hard um and to be able to have an appreciation for what people go through and in this case kendall but 
they all these one-armed um you know people that were out there for whatever disability that they you know some with uh, you know a couple guy one guy without an arm um we had the north american one-armed golfers association a few guys from there out this year we have a guy named snappy gilmore coming out so i don't know <laughs> how much see him on social media but no. he's got 1.5 million followers on tiktok and he's got over 100,000 followers on Instagram. You have to check him out. He's an able-bodied kid, um, but he plays golf one hand. I mean, he hits the golf ball 310 yards one-handed. So he's flying in to take part in the tournament as well. We'll have him on one of the holes. And then we have a party afterwards. Uh, the Tim Williams band will be playing. Tim Williams is phenomenal for anybody who hasn't seen him, a local band. Um, and he was playing when everybody got off the course. And, you know, I think some people thought they'd just go and golf and leave. And, and we had a huge success with even just selling party tickets. It was a lot of fun. So hopefully people can come out this year. We're doing it a little earlier than we did last year because Kendall leaves for college in August. So last year was August. This year it's going to be May 31st. And um, foursomes are available on kendallscrusade.org. And if you scroll Right below the header, it's uh, the link to golf. Um, and you can go ahead and connect through there and, and you'll find it. You can also go to the Kendall's Crusade Instagram page and some of the information should be there, or at least I'll make sure it's in the bio there for people to link. Well, speaking it. of Kendall, you mentioned she's going to college. How's she doing with uh, the condition? Is she uh, pretty good these days? She's doing very well. Um, you know, we, we had a situation where we sort of, we made lemonade out of lemons last uh, fall. She was sick with the flu. She fainted. We thought she had another stroke. Um, she does still have some of her AVM left. And we took her um, to Paoli Hospital and she was misdiagnosed with a brain bleed. And, and so instead of being angry at the hospital, we thought, well, let's do something about that. So we donated $10,000 uh, from the foundation to Paley Hospital to help educate the ER staff and the neurology department on AVMs so that doesn't happen to someone else. So fortunately, we Kendall just went, oh, did I have another stroke? Like it was, it, you know, humorous to anybody who didn't actually know us, right. but, you know, we knew she was fine and it gave us an opportunity to say, you know what, Paoli Mainline Health is building a new neuro unit at Paley Hospital. So some of the proceeds from this year's event, we want to go there to help support them as opposed to look at that experience as something that was negative. We want to turn it into a positive. That's awesome. So you said there's uh, foursomes available. I assume yeah. there's always sponsorships available as well. There are sponsorships available as well. Those are also on the website. And um, I'll put it on my public Facebook page um, tonight. So it's out there for everybody as well. But candlescrusade.org. Um, and like I said, you just scroll down right underneath the header and you'll see uh, information for the golf event. Um, sponsorships available. We have some of our sponsorship packages uh, that have been taken. But yeah, and if anybody who signs up in the next couple of weeks can designate their T-shirt size. We have some other swag gifts to give out. But we'll have a celebrity on every hole. Um, last year, uh, and I believe he's coming back this year, Rodney Pete was out. Freddie Mitchell played. Um, you know, Greg Murphy uh, you just, we had different Jennifer Frederick, Andy Summers, like we had different people from both sports and broadcasting on every hole and the fanatic came out. That was fun. Bonnie Bernstein, a longtime friend of mine came down from New York. So it, it, everybody will have somebody fun to play with. Um, but that's really the goal is to have a good time and to raise some awareness and 
raise a little money to help support Mainline Health this year. Last thing from me, Leslie, uh, you're in this venture with Pat Waters also, uh, strategic sports marketing. What you got going on there? How's that going? It's good. So Pat had approached me about joining him to start a sports agency, and we decided to fold his other two existing businesses under one umbrella. That's uh, Sports Vault, uh, at, which mm-hmm. is a memorabilia business that many people locally know about. Uh, and then strategic sports marketing. He's a longtime marketing executive here in Philly with a wonderful reputation. And um, so we uh, we have reached our minimum raise. Uh, we still have a little bit of money to raise to launch our sports agency, but they're all under one umbrella. And it's been very exciting. We're working on name image likeness and working with some players. Uh, Will Howard locally, uh, who was out of Downingtown West, who's now quarterback at Kansas State. Um, you know, WillHowardQB.com is his website we just launched, which I'm really proud of. And just to really help these guys build their brand on an individual level, not try to blanket and promise everybody they're going to make a ton of money right away, but let's build your brand. If you have a future in the NFL, you've got a little something to fall back on. And we also just signed Drew Shelton as well, who's uh, one of Penn State's top recruits. So um, yeah, it's exciting. We just, we want to work with individuals that we know want to see the long-term goals involved in this. Yeah, and you know, uh, you and I have passed some messages back and forth about this. You know, this is a subject near and dear to my heart. Yes. Uh, I, we need to get you back for just to talk about this because it's yeah. a it's a big thing, and it's a big thing as as we have viewers and listeners that uh, have kids that maybe are going to be good athletes, great athletes, whatever yes. that they need to learn what this is all about. And uh, it sounds like you guys have it going on. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, Bill, I think that's a great idea. I'd love to have that discussion because really anybody who says they're an expert in it right now is lying um, because there are no federal regulations right now. There is the federal, there's the state level uh, regulations and there are university regulations. I think the, the biggest mistake anybody can make is to think that they're going to get rich as a you know, lacrosse player at a D3 school unless they have 100,000 Instagram followers. Like, you have to be realistic about where your um, where your marketability is, and and then I also think there's there was a um, professor at Temple whose name I'm I'm forgetting. He was on Colin Thompson's podcast not long ago, and he talked about how it's a bit like the dot com bubble, right? That that the media is it keeps covering these big deals that are out there, and so it inflates the value of the deal because the media is covering it. But eventually the media is going to stop covering those deals and, and that's going to um, that that's going to make them not as valuable anymore. And I think that there's really something to that. I think that's kind of fascinating because it's all going to, you know, you're not going to see as much about that. You don't hear about professional athletes deals unless you see them doing a car commercial, you know, mm-hmm. it's right. not like people are covering that. So eventually that'll just become mainstream. What you're seeing is the collectives with the universities getting the alumni together and raising money from individuals to basically write checks to these athletes. And when Nick Saban last week, who, you know, I'm not a huge Nick Saban fan. um, And I was really impressed to hear him say, the guy who benefits from this probably the most of anybody say, you know, question if this is good for football because the the trade portals, I mean, the um, transfer portal is gonna look like a pinball machine. They're just bouncing all over the place because it's who's the highest bidder. And that I don't think is what NIL was intended to do. Absolutely. All right. One final thing on the way out, Leslie, we appreciate you coming by. Uh, 
Robbie Ellis, one of our listeners. Oops, I got the wrong one. Robbie Ellis says, we miss you, Leslie. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Robbie. Appreciate it. All right. Robbie's a, Robbie's a, a avid female sports fan. So we, uh, we appreciate her and she appreciates you. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate you having me on as always. All right. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, Chet. Good stuff as always. And, uh, Great guests tonight in Mark Echo and Leslie Goodell. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, Bill, we are previewing the NFL draft tonight, of course. Uh, it'll be history this Saturday. So next week we're going to review what happened, maybe give the Eagles some grades for you know all their terrific picks over the next three days. And we're going to have a guy who knows all about that sort of thing. He's been on with us 19 times before. He will be our first 20-time visitor. It is Brandon Lee Gowton. He runs Bleeding Green Nation. We'll talk Sixers with BLG, too. Hopefully their postseason will still be going on. We will likely have a second guest as well, but that's not finalized just yet. Good stuff. All right. Well, hey, let's take another quick break and thank our friends over at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so that people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line reses that give you greater odds of winning. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And hey, Bill, Jet, well, I, that, let me mention one other thing before we move along. Um, I had a nice chat last Saturday with Vince from Philly Sports Trips. He is a great guy, and they oh, have some yeah. awesome trips coming up. Uh, let's see. Do I have that here? Do I have that here? Philly Sports Trips. I don't you have it a, here. You need a producer. I do, man. Uh, I know they're going to City Field up to see the Phillies and Mets on the 28th of May, and they got a trip out to Pittsburgh the end of July, and then the Dick Vermeil Hall of Fame induction trip the weekend of August 6th and I will very likely be part of that one. So phillysportstrips.com. And like I said, Vince is a great guy. And I met his wife too, Liz. She is a wonderful lady. And they were expecting their second child in July. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, hey, let's get to our parting shots because we want to say a few things about our eighth anniversary. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, Bill, it was eight years ago this week. You and I were preparing for our very first Philly Press Box radio round table we did it live via blog talk radio the evening of april 30th 2014 it was just ahead of a flyers rangers game seven playoff contest that well didn't go so well for the orange and black they lost two to one got eliminated steve mason the flyers goalie that night by the way our guest was our pal kevin mcclure a certified sports junkie we've been doing the show so long that we've even had kevin's son matt mcclure on with us a few times over the time, we started to get a little more of a following. Thank you, Facebook, for that. And some pretty impressive guests along the way. I think our first truly big-name guest, other than Mark Eckel on show number three, uh, was former Eagle Arkansas Fred Barnett in August of 2014. That October, then, we welcomed Ray Dinger and Kevin Riley, each joining us for the first time. They've been on with us 18 and 17 times, respectively. And the very same month, Dee Lynham visited for the first time. She's been on also 18 times. I think they like us. We continued to grow the show over the years that followed, eventually joining forces with the guys at Edge of Philly Sports Network in 2020. At about the same time, we started doing the show with video so you can see our smiling faces. 
Uh, yeah. Eight years in, we're still having a blast. We continue to bring you, we hope, worthwhile content and great guests every week. Since most of you coming, are coming back for more, I guess that is the case. But to all of you who have been with us for most or all of these years, a big, 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 big thank you. Bill, we made it. We are eight years with more to come. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you you went through part of a list there, and there's a whole bunch of others on that oh, list yeah. as well that have taken the time to to join us. And, uh, you know, Chet, we have now last outlasted all but four Philly athletes. Uh, <laughs> Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, and Sean Couturier were the only – guys that were here when we started now that Claude Giroux is gone and uh Jason Peters I believe was the other one who is gone so um uh, Couturier is going to outlast all of them the way it looks but uh we're, we're down to four and uh but more importantly than that the, the, there's been so many great athletes uh for us to watch and cover and have fun with and some not so good ones that we talked about a little earlier number 25 uh <laughs> but more mostly thanks to the people that join us each week and uh, have made us a part of their lives. Uh, man, Chet, how many shows? 388. 388. So, uh, yeah, in a couple of months, it'll be number 400. Number 400. So by the time we hit 10 years, we'll be right about 500 shows. And uh, <laughs> we appreciate everybody that, that takes their time out of their life to let us be part of it. It's, uh, it's truly an honor for just we a couple do. guys having a good time. One last thing, great time Saturday at the uh, big event at Doladelphia outside Dolan's Bar, and it was great meeting the big guy, Jordan Maialata. What a super guy. He was supposed to be there for like a half hour. He ended up staying three hours plus, talked to everybody, took pictures. Fun guy. We had a great time, raised money for Eagles Autism Challenge. So thank you to everybody. And he makes you look like a midget, my friend. He does. He's huge, man. (laughs) Wrap it up, Bill. All right. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Mark Echo and Leslie Gazelle. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, May, May 4th already at 7 p.m. You see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. And on all the Google, Apple, iHeartRadio podcasts, everywhere you can get one. So high hopes filled up, you sports fans. Happy eighth anniversary to us. And let's go Sixers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.